in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my fucking ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My fucking ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother Rip them touchy suckers like the fucking players. Me white notion was on the top line. <laughs> the first three NHL playoff games went to overtime, but I actually think the one that didn't go to overtime was probably the best of the four oh, games. There's not even a question with on that. Tampa Bay yes. beating Florida yeah, yesterday. right at the end. No phenomenal yeah. game, um, which, okay. By the way, I did want to bring up this point. Two teams this year were uh, manipulating the salary cap more than anybody else in hockey. Yeah. The Golden Knights VGK. and the Tampa Bay Lightning because Nikita Kucherov yeah. was on long-term IR the entire year, which means his salary didn't count against the cap, which means once the playoffs come around and the cap doesn't matter, Tampa Bay he rolls out of bed and scores twice. Instead of having a team that's worth $81.5 <laughs> yeah. in salaries, they're worth like $95 million in salaries. How good is that guy? Right. So <laughs> I just wanted to point out, while the Golden Knights tried to manipulate the salary cap all year, Tampa did it so much better. I'm going to say then, you're going to say... Kucherov this year in one game has been more valuable than Petrangelo has been in like all, the entire season. Did he have a turnover in overtime that led to the other team? No, scoring he scored twice. Winning goal? Okay. <laughs> yes. In one game, Nikita Kucherov has proven to be more valuable. Yes. Um, one other interesting thing on the first four playoff games, the road team won four or three of the four. Washington was the only team to win at home over Boston. Uh, but the Islanders went to Pittsburgh and won. Minnesota came here and won and Tampa went to Florida one. Now, Tampa and the Panthers. Tampa's kind of like LeBron with the Lakers. They get Kucherov back for the playoffs. It's kind of like the Lakers being a seven seed. They're not really a seven right. seed if they get it. So, but it is like this sport being dumb. Like the regular season is the most irrelevant regular season in the history. No, Washington of won with a backup. Right. Holy, that guy rolled in. He won the game. <laughs> so the regular season is completely irrelevant in this sport because you get to the playoffs and it's like, well, we don't even have to shoot more than 10 times. As long as we shut them out, we could get one on accident. We win the game and win the series. It's a dumb sport. Next question. Arthur Kaluma committed to Creighton, a former UNLV commit, a top 50 player in the 2021 class. He is going to Creighton after reopening his commitment. Former UNLV assistant Ryan Miller is now on staff at Creighton as well. That I did not know. Yeah. He left TC or was Creighton. asked to leave. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, 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 have don't, no know. Idea. I don't think I don't he got know. fired, but no, he, I don't know. he left I don't Creighton. Know. So he went to Creighton. Okay. Uh, good team. Good program. You know, solid head coach. I don't know about you, but saw that name and I thought it was going to be a higher name. So did I. I, I thought, expected oh, like, it Creighton. to be. Uh, you tweeted that yesterday. Creighton? I, I, I expected it to be a slightly better program yeah. than Creighton as well. Um, I which which leads me to believe. Well, Ar- what Arthur does that Kaluma, lead you to believe in terms of how good he really was on the ranking? Well, I no, I was going to go the other way and say Kaluma's top priority is like playing time. Ooh, well, there's two schools he's going to play yeah, at because he's a he top would... fifty player. Right. Like top fifty players are going to get power five offers, and he tur- he chose them over Syracuse and I'm forgetting the other school that was in like his Syracuse got in on him. Yeah, Syracuse was like people at Syracuse apparently thought he was coming or something like that. So. uh but I, I think playing time might be the biggest thing here. It's like that's, I mean, why else, if you're a top 50 player, that's got to be one of the biggest reasons yeah. why you would ever go to UNLV. And then Creighton, while a much better program than UNLV, if you've got a chance to go to a power five school that's, you know, going to the NCAA tournament, you should probably do that. But 
maybe you have to come off the bench as a freshman or something at Creighton. There's probably a much better chance you're starting right away. So I wonder if that's what it is for Arthur Kaluma is, hey, he wants playing time at a program that should make the NCAA tournament. Should add that uh, still have not heard anything on Bryce Hamilton. No. What is good? Even though he's got a scholarship left. I mean, like we were saying, I, like, I don't know who's, I mean, a lot of schools I'm sure have spots open, but the days and weeks go by and that whole idea that he'd stay and come back, I, until it's said otherwise, I assume it makes a lot of sense. I, I wonder, don't know. I wonder how much Hamilton would simply, would he turn pro for the sake of turning pro? Like, even if they told him, hey. Like what, go to the G League? Yeah, if they told him, hey, you're not getting drafted. Like, Which he wouldn't. Like, yeah. You know, do the well, well, they haven't summer league this year, but do the summer league thing and see if a team picks you up and you're on the, and if G, not, league you go the G League or there's a European team that wants you. I don't, like, I don't know. Would he go say, I don't go yeah, pro? that's because I mean, listen, there's a lot of players and I might be one of them if I was in their position that says, you know what? They want to pay me ninety thousand dollars to play basketball or whatever. Maybe the G, the G League. What did the G? They got they got up to seventy five thousand, right? Right. Am I right about that? Yes. The minimum yes. got up to oh, seventy five thousand. If, I mean, there's, there might be guys that say, hey, you're going to pay me $75,000. i am going to play in the G League. i got to go to Bakersfield or right. something like that. Eh, I'd rather get paid $75,000 yeah. to play than go to college or whatever. I, it used to be terror. The G League used to be like 19000 but I'm pretty sure they put in minimums. Maybe it's fifty. I I'm certainly sure. don't know him well enough to say this, um, so I'll say it. And you and I have talked about this before. I'm almost wondering at this point, because uh, although we haven't seen Moses Wood, we've seen most other guys land places. Like, do kids feel it's almost like, eh, I gotta, I'm going to go back. That's not a good look. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know well enough to say that. I'm just saying that a lot of kids might have that, you know, and Bakajan goes here and, you know, David Jenkins goes to Utah and Kalum is gone. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, but you're going to go back. I, I personally wouldn't care. Like I, if, right. if you said, if yeah, you think I, that's the best thing for you, I explored my options and you know, he was better than the rest. Then I would have. Zero problem with it. Now, if Moses Wood comes back, it'll be fun because his dad is a lunatic and called well, Mike Grimala the If Mr. Moses Negative. Wood comes back, Grimala can't cover the team <laughs> because the father will 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 protest to the uh, higher ups at the uh, at the Mountain West Conference. Jared looks confused, so I'm assuming he doesn't have an answer to our G League salary. The question. thing that keeps coming up is it's been raised to thirty five thousand mm. for 2020. I could have sworn they did fifty. Thirty five is that's what? Okay, what, well, no, but that's what I keep finding, which is also. That may be wrong because I'm finding it on ridiculousupside.com. I okay. thought when you said 75, 75, I think a lot of ki- more kids would jump. Like that's not bad to go play some basketball yeah. for 75 G. Forbes basically said like you used to be able like the top end G League players used to earn 125, and now it's uh, they upped it to 500,000. But I think the base contract is still like at, I 35. Mean, okay. I just know that more than I make. Jaden Hardy's not making thirty-five thousand. Coronado Kid went to the G League the other day. He's not making thirty-five. He'll be making a little more than that. Sorry, I'm just getting a look. Jaden Hardy is going to the G League. <laughs> was that the next one? I thought uh, it was no, Liverpool. It was a couple of ways. Let me jump to it. Um, so he is skipping college. Uh, he is a Maury Hardy's brother who used to play here at UNLV. So Marvin Menzies planned to get a Maury Hardy, and then his younger brother, who was much better, uh, apparently wasn't going to work. Do we, and Jared, you can look this up as well. There's not an answer for this because I looked it up. Is Jaden Hardy going to make that half a million dollar salary? Because when the I would think. W- the G League came out and was like, hey, if you come straight out of high school, we'll have up to $500,000 in salary for you or, or close to it yeah. or something like that. I, think but I, I saw nothing yesterday about Hardy's salary. 
well, I would think he'd be in line for that pick. if that's what is available. I thought so, too. He's going to be the number one pick in the draft yeah, maybe next I year. I just thought it was interesting that not, none of the stories about it mentioned, hey, he's going to make half a million in the G League. <laughs> you can figure out the coach. I can't say who it was, but it was after Menzies and before Kruger. Uh, talking after a game, <laughs> talking after a game, like when after Amari didn't play well, like the conversation switched to the brother, and the only thing was said is, uh, he's a pro, he's not coming. He's a pro. Like he goes, that kid is so much better. No, I mean, again, nothing personal. I mean, the guy's like he is. Like he's gonna be the first pick in the draft. He's obviously yeah. like a great player. But uh, yeah, that conversation ended quickly. Next question: Liverpool's goalkeeper scored a game-winning goal in stoppage time yesterday, and Liverpool they needed that to keep their hopes for Champions League next season alive. They're now within one point of qualifying for next year's Champions League with two games to go in the Premier League. But a goalkeeper scored a game-winning goal, regardless of the scenario, regardless of the season-saving aspect of it. Phenomenal to see a goalie head in a corner. Yes. Had the goalie jersey on, too. That was cool. Well, yeah, you, <sighs> don't, awesome. you don't run to the sideline. I side wanted, to, run, I wanted to run and, and get a ter- another jersey. It would have no, been awesome. Man, you leave it would have been on. awesome. So is this like... You know there's a red card coming, so instead of skating the ice uh, off the ice like Flurry because you know there's a, a penalty call on this ice, uh, screw it, I'm running down. I yes. know there's a red card coming, so instead yes. of running off the pitch, Even I'm just going to sprint down and help my guy score a goal. That, okay, this is this is the greatest thing I think you've ever said. <laughs> well, I haven't said nope. any good things. No, nope, because here we go. <clears throat> In hockey, when there's a delayed penalty, saw it yesterday. The goalie skates to the yeah. bench and. The team puts on a sixth right. attacker because as soon as the opponent, as soon as whoever the penalty is coming on touches it, the game is stopped and the penalty yeah. is called. There's currently a rule in hockey right now that the goalies can't uh, skate past center ice. Mm-hmm. If you skate past center ice as a goalie, immediate penalty. That needs to be revoked. Yes. And when there's a delayed penalty, your goalie has to be the one that that has to be the to extra skater. Yes, yes you absolutely. cannot throw another because they can't on. score anyway. You have it has to be the goalie. Yeah. So Mark Andre Fleury is just standing yes. at the blue line, stick up, that ready huge for the one timer yes. to just launch. Yes. I'll let him skate to the bench to get a regular stick. He's got to keep his his goalie glove on, but he can skate to the bench and get a regular. stick. He keeps stick. his glove on. Keeps the yeah. trapper. Yeah, keeps the glove on, but he skates to the bench to get a regular stick, and he's just waiting at the blue line for the one timer. I don't think Twitter could handle the flower emojis if he scored. I couldn't. Handle I, it. I don't think it would explode. It if would he, explode and if he scored in that fashion. And that would just be locally i would be so i would be pumped about it that would be the funniest thing i've ever seen if he did that would you do a flower emoji oh of course you would i'll tweet a flower emoji. you would really do that you would fall to the masses of these weird emojis well ed it's going to require the nhl to change a rule in the middle of the playoffs so it's not going to happen this is the nhl He's going to take a victory lap for somehow getting that rule change. You're yes. going to follow Johnny Gruden with the victory lap? I am going to uh, have this audio saved on my computer so that in 17 years when it happens for Marc-Andre Fleury II, I'll be able to do this. Actually, I think Mark is Marc-Andre a second? I saw a picture Mark- of the family, and he did oh, have yeah. – the, the little boy did have a shirt on with the initials. He might be the second. Oh. I don't know that. I have, I'm just guessing. Maybe just, you know, he had his dad's initials on the shirt. I don't know. Who knows? We should know more about Flurry's family. We should, yeah, we should. Yeah, had a nice here. cake, though, after he became third all time. I think it was a cake. If it was, it's beautiful. All right, according to Wikipedia. What's his name? Char- his son's name, James. Oh. Two daughters, uh, Estelle and Scarlett. Okay. All right. 
Man, you know, that's a great question. I got to do something this year to have you uh, tweet emojis. I don't. I don't tweet even non-gold knights related. I don't really tweet emojis much. I'm no, not my because Grimala. you're not Grimala nuts. Gravala loves the emojis. He Have does. He yes. tweets emojis. Oh my oh, god! Please, he loves. Not, it. Please tell me he doesn't do the flower one he like does. everyone. No, no, no. no but no. like he like grades his life and uses emojis. He'll, it's a very okay. So specifically to him though, when he like he'll tweet out a story. Like a, a story he wrote. Like an and Arthur Kaluma. He'll like use emojis to try to describe what the story's about. Oh boy. Can be a little rough. Can be a little rough. Um, okay. Last one to get into here. The Pacific Division is going to have playoffs in the AHL. The Calder Cup is canceled. There is no Calder Cup playoffs. The other three divisions of the AHL are not having playoffs, but the Pacific Division is. It is just the Pacific Division teams playing in this playoff. There are play-in games today and tomorrow, I believe, and then the Henderson Silver Knights, who had the best record, they're the one seed that will play the winner of the play-ins, and it'll be the final four after the play-ins there. But the interesting part is, according to a story from Sports Illustrated, the players of this Pacific Division in the AHL voted 133-8 to to not play a Pacific Division-only playoff, but they forged ahead anyways with this strange playoff setup. This is one of those... This is one of those situations where you try to see both sides and can't see one of them. It's impossible to see the side that wanted to do this. It, it, it really... What would be... What, what is the... What is the motivation here to do this? I, I have no idea. Are they making money? I mean, there's fans, nah, no. but it can't be significant enough. People still I, coming out to see the crier? I mean, who, who's going out to these games? Yeah, I, 2,000 people... Like, 2,800 people yesterday. Announced. Okay. <laughs> You think they're lying about their pandemic? Who doesn't? Are you kidding? Have you been to UNLV Hoop games? You can Have you count been to those games with, right. with the announced right. attendances? Oh, my God. Okay, but UNLV would announce 10,000 during the pandemic, and no one was like, they didn't even sell tickets. Hey, greatest all-time story is college basketball game in uh, in San Diego. We'll not say who, and it was back in the days when they stunk. They stunk. It was like Fisher's first year. Literally. They didn't, they didn't have an attendance. I asked, I won't say who it was, someone in charge, the attendance. What time is it? I said, what do you mean? What time is it? I said, 9.15. 9.15. <laughs> Which was the greatest ever. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, the Dodgers have saved their season by signing Albert Pujols. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. How you feeling, Ed? Not good. The depth is bad. The not happy at all. The depth is bad. Listen to not, you. Not, not happy at all. Not the happy at all. The depth is bad. How terrified are you of the depth? It's very bad. It's you not got as Albert good. Pujols It's not as good now. as it was last year. I said Kiki Hernandez should have stayed around. Oh, good Lord. He's in nah. Boston, right? Yeah, I felt bad for him. Takes the uh, takes the fastball off the wrist. So you are without Corey Seager now. Got hit in the wrist with a fastball, fractured his hand somewhere, hand. but not having surgery, right? Which would mean he can return sooner. Than Cody Bellinger. Surgery. Bellinger's been out for a very yeah, long maybe that time. That guy could come back. Small boat, small fracture in your foot. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus. Well, luckily, How long has that guy been out? Luckily, you brought Albert Pujols on, who's <laughs> never had any issues with his But now foot. you have Pujols. All right. I'll give you my Pujols take. If I hope 
it was explained to him and his agent, this will be a role, because obviously he had a problem with his role with the Angels, and his role is late late game pinch hitter, maybe a spot start, whatever, and he accepts that. I think it's a good signing because it costs you nothing, and this is going to sound crazy, you'll laugh. If there's anything left in him, and we don't know if there is, you don't want him going in your division. So just take him, pay him nothing, as long as he understands. You're like The guy can't come in and like be whining or crying. It's like, dude, you are like a late-game pinch hitter. Maybe you get a spot start. If he's okay with that, I have no problem with the signing because I don't want the Giants or Padres to get him at the off chance. The guy like has some kind of resurgence and starts playing again. His role was the interesting part to me because— Well, I don't know. It's a you know late-game pinch hit, right? He wanted out of the Angels he wanted to play. because— Otani's their normal DH, and they got a guy named Jared Walsh who's currently mm-hmm. hitting 338 on the year who's playing first base. And they were like, we got to get this guy that's hitting 338 into the lineup yeah. to play first base every day. Sorry, Albert. And so he wasn't happy with his role on the Angels. His his role's going to be worse with the Dodgers. Absolutely. There's no DH. And There's no DH. And by the way, he's not played in front of Muncie. Right. So. Like, he's not taking Max Muncie's no. at-bats. Like, in you know, again... Is he really just a late game pinch hitter and, you know, start a game once a week or something for Max Muncy to have a day off? Or I guess when the Dodgers play American League teams, he can be the D. But is, it, is he even the best hitter option to be the DH on the team? Yeah, he hasn't been good. No, he's he was hitting one. No, he's he's an option behind Kershaw as a pinch hitter. Um, but uh, <laughs> Kershaw's Kershaw might be Kershaw's better. actually hitting better is than he him. OK, uh, no, again, I don't like you know what what they pay they have to pay him the minimum, right? Or he's making oh, four hundred thousand. He's, not, he's the, nothing and yeah. the Angels gonna pay him thirty million. So I didn't like I didn't I the right. first thing I said is if the role is what the role is and he doesn't bitch and complain, it's fine. Whatever. I mean whatever it is, and maybe he reinvents himself to where he gets a couple clutch hits. I didn't care about the sign. The only thing is, if there was a 1% chance the guy actually came back and was a player, you don't want him going to the other team. Yeah. So I don't care. I mean, from the Dodgers' side. Uh, yeah. As long as he's not, as long as he's not like, complaining all the time. I just didn't understand from Pujols' side. Why? Well, doesn't it also tell you, though, what was the market for the guy? Well, that too. I mean. Yeah. Like, where? what were his other options? I mean, the Cardinals immediately said no. And it's like, boy, <laughs> if you thought he was going to one team, he's going to go back to them. I was, I was surprised he didn't sign with an American League team. And again, he's not hitting well. So no. again, the market probably wasn't high, but because there's a DH, that's that's you what have a makes, shot there. There's more. There's more at bats. There's yeah. more chances for you to play if you go to a team that has a DH. Whereas the only way he can play is if there's an opening at first base. And yeah, to Dave Roberts, to probably pitch him. So <laughs> <laughs> who would you feel more confident in, Kenley Jansen or Albert hey. Pujols on the mound? Uh, Kenley's okay this year, but there's a couple middle relievers I might like. I might question that right there. I might actually take 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 a second to answer that if you said some of their middle relievers right now. You want a stat? All right. Brian McTaggart tweeted this: number of batters that have been hit by a pitch this year. Astros sixteen, Dodgers thirty-two. <laughs> Guys okay. Get off the I plate. watch the cheaters are finally getting beaned out. I watch in LA. some of which, if not. Well, I don't watch it all. It's too long, but I like tape it all so I can go back and look. Every one of their games, and that's surprising. Like, I knew some guys got hit. 32, though? 32. Okay, that I would have never guessed that. I know some guys have gotten hit, but that's a lot of dudes. It is. It is. And you've lost two players now because of hit by pitches or yeah. just Seager? Uh, How did Bellinger get hurt? I think he was as well because I, 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 I remember him pitch. stumbling out of the box. Yeah, I thought it was hit by pitch, yeah. but I can't remember for sure. So. Yeah, that they're, guy. They're coming for the cheaters finally. 
The players know who was really cheating in the 2017 World Series. If I see one more pitcher of Bellinger light running at the uh, at the minor league camp, I'm going to go crazy. Get back in the lineup. Small small hairline fracture. Let's go. I mean, come on. Well, now that Seager's out, you can move Lux over. Muncy can play second. Get back in the lineup, Bellinger. Put, put you at first. You, you barely have to move over there. That guy's driving me nuts. Fracture. Listen to you. <laughs> that guy's driving me nuts. I'm sorry. When he went out, they said, ah, oh, you know, maybe a week. He's been out forever, this guy. A Seeger, though, that was a bad one. You, you knew, like, right away. It's like, yeah, he broke something. Didn't like, you Bellinger right play away. through, like, a dislocated shoulder in the yeah, World Series? Come on. It's the World yeah. Hey, I mean, Turner played through COVID. <laughs> well, at least for five innings until they said, you got to get the hell off the field because you tested positive for COVID-19. But then come back. We got the trophy. Yeah, exactly. You need some yeah. pictures. Come, come back for the picture. Get Wear the mask. Put that blue surgical mask on. Get out here. Um, Jared, I have a question. Did you ever pick up Kyle Tucker in fantasy baseball? No. I, Kyle Tucker's last seven games, uh, 12 for 25, four home runs, 11 RBI. Oh. Should have picked him up, Jared. I told you. I told you to pick him up. He was uh, on waivers. I put the waiver picked, in. You got him. You should have gotten him. Got an Evan update because Coach Will always always updates us, and he did update me. Bellinger got uh, he got taken out on a play at first with pitcher covering. Cleated. Oh, that's right. Yes. How'd you break something getting cleated, by the yeah. way? You are God, no sympathy me. for no, Cody Bellinger. No, this guy bugs me. It's got to be back My by now. God. They got a lot of guys out, but this Just is the one that's really me. This, this, this is that's the one all. for whatever reason. I don't know why you're laughing at me. That has bugged me, and Will can tell you this because we only text like 75 times during each Dodger game, screaming at each other about this team. The Bellinger one's driving me nuts. He's only got a fractured bone. Just get Tape back out up. there already. Now, you know me pictures this guy I've seen from the LA Times jogging at the Triple A camp. <laughs> How do you try to be nuts, this guy? Way, how do you get that job at the LA Times? Yes. <laughs> Taking pictures of Cody Bellinger at the AAA camp running. Do you want that job? That sounds like an amazing job. <laughs> Literally just like, if, if minor league aficionado at the Review Journal isn't available, I will take. I will take. And, what do you do? I just follow this one Dodger around see how much and he just runs. I like tweet out a picture. And how early in the season with Doc Roberts? How early in the season? How, how many more bullpen games can we get? Oh boy! Get someone to. I know oh Dustin boy. May got hurt, but put someone in the rotation. Well, you guys, but rotation game, rotation game. They haven't won one yet. You guys did, are, didn't pay for any pitching. Yeah. Well, we gave Bauer like three. Bauer million. want to pitch every like three days? Just give him two starts every five. He'll be fine. All right. Coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. He shit his pants. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Ryan, how are you? Hey, Ryan. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. You can hear Ryan on the VGK Insider Show, but also pre-intermission and post-game show for Golden Knights games over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, When will Alex Petrangelo be worth it? Um, I mean, it's, it's a mistake in game one of the playoffs and, you know, like it happens. I, I, I don't know. Like, um, I think he's a good hockey player. I, I think he's a really good defenseman. And I think that, you know, his game was rounding into form towards the end of the season. And I thought he had a really, really good first period. And, you know, of course you, you create that turnover or you, you have the turnover on the game winning goal. There's only one goal scored. Um, I think I have a bigger issue with the lack of offensive production than I do 
uh, for Alex Petrangelo making that mistake in overtime. So we saw what happened with Dallas last year and yesterday. It's only one game, long series, but has there been any consistent theme for you that why this happens in the playoffs or are you uh, concerned that this could uh, uh, continue on if Talbot keeps playing this way and they don't get more into the middle of the ice? Yeah, I mean, I think the theme is is what you just said there. Ed. Like they, they don't get to the middle of the ice or, or when they do, pucks just don't seem to find the Golden Knights in the same way that they find the Minnesota Wild. Like if you go back and watch that game, Vegas tried to get to the middle of the ice and every time they had a player cut into the middle or in front of the net and a puck came to that area, it was either behind the stick or into the skate. And it's almost like once the puck got there, they just never found the Golden Knights. But you kind of look at the other side of the coin with the Minnesota Wilds, not only do they get to the front of the net, but pucks seem to find their sticks there. And it's, it's no better case than on the game-winning goal where Joel Eriksson-Eck is actually the second Minnesota Wild player that that puck comes to in front of the net. That's really what the Golden Knights need to do. They need to get there. They need to get there with pressure. And then you've just got to work and find those pucks in the middle of the ice to make life more difficult on Cam Talbot. He had a 42-save shutout. I understand that there were a lot of shots, but not enough dangerous looks for the Golden Knights through that, that uh, overtime game. How big of a problem is it to you that it's kind of the same as last year when they got eliminated from the playoffs, that they had a lot of shots, but it, like you're saying, it felt sort of the same way where they didn't have enough dangerous shots to actually test the goalie? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a concern for sure because of what happened last year in the bubble. But, you know, the Golden Knights can come out on Tuesday and they could get to the middle of the ice, they could score five goals, and then all of a sudden we're, we're looking at game one as maybe a one-off as, as opposed to a trend. I think all of it has to do with what the Golden Knights come out with um, on Tuesday. If they follow the same game plan and they're only able to chip in a couple of goals and it's a real struggle to find that offense, then even if they win or lose, I think that there's going to be concern there. You want the Golden Knights offense to look easy. Throughout various stretches this season, the Golden Knights scored seemingly at will, and that's really what you want to see. You know it's going to be harder because it's the playoffs, but you don't want them to have to struggle and scrap and fight for every single goal that they score. What I want to see on Tuesday is an ease to the offense for the Golden Knights. Uh, I think well when it first the game first started, people were like, oh, Noshik's on the first line, but you know you get to play with you get to play with Stone. He makes everyone he makes everyone better. I get all that. And then you listen to DeBoer's comments afterwards, and you're like, well, now why did you start him on the first line? Because he kept kind of over explaining it in terms of his uh, his rustiness. More important, what about Jamark? Were you surprised like he didn't go up there because that's what we heard from Kelly McCrimmon when they signed him? It was like, well, he can play anywhere in lines. He can play winger. He can play center. Like, what did you think of who started where? So I, I understand Noshik on the top line because when you look at the Minnesota Wild and their lineup, they've got a lot of skill balance throughout the lineup. Like if I was going to say the Minnesota Wild had a superpower, it would be that they are balanced. They can score on all four lines. So what I think Pete DeBoer was trying to do is to have a more balanced approach, a more balanced lineup. You know that Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson have great chemistry. They can kind of run their own line. And the idea of putting Yanmark with Wah and Tuck should have given you a third line that can really go out there and do some damage against Minnesota. As the game wore on, it was clear that Rust was a factor for Tomas Nosek, and Pete DeBoer had to make changes on the fly. I don't 
think you're going to see the same thing on Tuesday. And really, like, let's be honest here, the Golden Knights need Max Pacioretty back in the lineup. When you talk about a team that can't score, when you talk about a team that can't get to the inside of the ice, you need, you need a player that has an elite shot from the outside. That's Max Pacioretty. I think for the Golden Knights, getting him to full health is going to be very important for the remainder of this series. Can they win without him? I mean, I think they can, but it's not going to be easy, right? Like, I, I, it, without Max Pacioretty, I think you're looking at essentially what this series is going to be in the first game, where it is very tight checking. There's going to be very little high danger chances really on both sides, and the Golden Knights are going to hope they're going to aim to win games two to one or one to nothing. And I think there's a real danger in that because you look at a Minnesota Wild team who gets to the middle of the ice and doesn't really, they don't, they, they do a lot with the minimal chances that they get. Um, you're, you're, you're not putting yourself in the best possible chance to win. I don't think. Uh, here comes the sacrilegious question around these parts, but I'll ask it. Uh, Cause he was, he was, ter- <laughs> he was absolutely terrific yesterday. Any chance Leonard goes in game two. So I was a big proponent of the rotation into the playoffs. Like I, I said, you know what? They, they've done it all year. It's really worked well for them. I don't know how you watch that performance from Marc-Andre Fleury in game one and do anything different in game two. Like, he, he was absolutely excellent. The best golden knight on the ice by far. It wasn't particularly close. I think Marc-Andre Fleury's play earned him game number two. And then, you know, depending on what happens on Tuesday, we can kind of re- reopen the conversation. But when you've got a guy that makes three or four brilliant game-saving saves, you got to go back to him in game number two. If they lose game two and it's again the same problems as game one, how how amazed is it going to be that the Golden Knights could get eliminated from the playoffs two years in a row and we won't even be able to blame the goaltending decisions by DeBoer? <laughs> I mean, that's the best possible scenario if you beat DeBoer, right? Like, well, sec- the second best, second best. Winning the Stanley <laughs> Cup is the best. Like, second best. No, no, no. Listen, listen. You have, you have an impossible task, right? You've got two elite goaltenders, two number one goaltenders, and everyone, everyone, literally everyone, is waiting for you to make a mistake with the <laughs> goaltenders that cost you a series. And I guess like the only flip side of, of getting bumped in, in the first round or bumped at all in the playoffs is if you can't score, you can't blame your goalie. <laughs> so at least you don't mismanage that part, right? Like yeah. that, that's an, It's an unenviable position, and I know he talks about it being – a luxury. I, I can't imagine the pressure of trying to make these decisions. But the good news is, if you if you can't score, it doesn't matter what your goalies do, and therefore you can't be blamed for messing up the goalies. It's exactly what happened last year. Like they lost in the playoffs, and go, going into the playoffs, like we talked about it, it was when they lose, no matter what, we're going to blame Pete DeBoer's goalie decisions. But they were so yeah. inept offensively that it. it it never came like nobody really looked back and said, well, if they played flurry, they would have gotten past Dallas. No, nobody thought that because they couldn't score. If, like, if they played flurry at left wing, they would have gotten past Dallas. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's got some sick moves. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I, I think that the golden Knights need to find a way to score goals. And like this series against Minnesota. And I understand the fans didn't want it. I get it. But this series represents one of those defining moments for a team that wants to and aspires to winning a Stanley Cup. The Minnesota Wild represent everything that the Golden Knights have struggled with in the postseason. A team that isn't going to be bullied. A team that defends incredibly well. 
a team that has been really a thorn in the side of the Golden Knights ever since this team emerged as an NHL team. Like, this is everything that has given the Golden Knights issue, that has given the Golden Knights pause in the playoffs throughout their entire history. If you overcome Minnesota, I think there's a real uh, real chance that this team can go on a deep run, but this is the series that really defines who this Golden Knights team is. Um, they did a good job being physical. I don't for a second believe they had over 70 hits, but that's just some weird scorekeeper <laughs> giving giving five hits on each one. I, it's like I wrote today, it's the Stockton assist back in the day, but they were physical. So two-part question, do, do you think this is how the series plays out in terms of, you know, Pete DeBoer, you say this is a man series. And to that end, uh, fourth line, I think drew a few penalties. Reeves was back. Did you think it made that much of a difference? How did you feel they played? Well, I mean, I, I think the Minnesota Wild, they're, they're just a, a big physical team, and they can hit, and they don't really care. Like, it, it's a team that's playing free, right? So, you know, Marcus Foligno's never going to turn down a hit. Joel Erickson is a physical player. Kevin Fiala has a bit of an edge to his game, and Kirill Kaprizov enjoys the physicality. Matt Dumba isn't afraid to throw uh, a hit as well. So, like, this is, a, this is a matchup between two teams that don't mind physical play. I am kind of with you, like, I looked at those final totals on the hits, and I'm like, mm, I don't think so. No. <laughs> like, it was a physical game, don't yeah. get me wrong, but I don't think the Minnesota Wild had over 70 hits. That all being said, I don't think much is going to change. Like, both of these teams are committed to defense. Both of these teams are committed to throwing the body. I mean, I thought Ryan Reeves was engaged. I thought he looked good in this game insofar as he was moving well. He was able to initiate contact. He was able to arrive on time with hits. There was one play in the game where Ryan Reeves was able to cut Matt Dumba off and then draw a penalty uh, with, with Will Carrier on the forecheck. So if that's what that line is doing often, it's a good thing for the Golden Knights, but at some point you're going to need offense, and, and it doesn't matter how good the forecheck is. It doesn't matter how many hits you throw. If you can't score, you're not going to win any game. All right. Uh, I want to know what you think of this uh, proposed rule change by this show. When there okay. is a delayed penalty, the goalie is no longer allowed to skate off for an extra attacker. The goalie has to become the extra attacker. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. All right. Um, yeah. the, uh, the one side to it was that the goalie can skate over and get an actual stick rather than trying to score with his stick. Mm, I don't like that. I, I think that the goalie <laughs> should use are. his goalie stick. Yeah. We did say he had to keep his gloves on. Yes, he keeps his glove well, and his I mean, blocker. Yes, on. yes, yes, and his blockers. Everything well, stays on. Yeah, I, I would, I would keep, I would just keep the goal stick. Like it's going to be so incredibly <laughs> difficult to try to use a regular stick with a glove. Like that doesn't make any sense. It would be the <laughs> most so fun part of every hockey game, right? Like that would be the most entertaining part. Is there's a delayed penalty? Here comes the goalie charging across center ice trying to score. Yeah, I, I'd be 100% in, in favor of that. That would be so cool. Okay. Mark Andre Fleury would probably score five goals a, a year. The only better thing would be Fleury at the blue line, someone trying to clear. He windmills the clear because it's up in the air, drops it, takes the <laughs> shot, and scores. If that happens, it's going to be pretty fun. Would you, would, you make, would you make your goalie your net foot presence there? 
Right? No, he, yes. Oh, he goes yes. straight to the net. Absolutely. He goes right straight to the net. To oh, the yeah. Net. Right to the net. <laughs> yes. 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 No doubt about it. We're yes. going to try to get some deflection with <laughs> yeah. that big ass goalie stick. Like, that's absolutely what we're doing here. There's no doubt about it. Hey, they got to score Subway. Yes. Let's go. Might be a better way. He's Ryan Wallace. Ryan, we appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks, Ed. I want someone to mess up. Well, not mess up, but to literally clear it. You know, like a shot in the air and him have to windmill it and then drop it and then with one full swoop take the shot. Well, oh, it'd what, be beautiful. What would actually happen is the goalie would be at the blue line. Somebody would pass it to him. He'd mishandle it into his own net on the other side and no coach would ever do it again. That's exactly what would happen is somehow they'd score an own goal because you got a goalie with a damn goalie stick out there at the blue line and he accidentally hits it into This would be own so net. much better than just uh, um, John Gruden, Nevin Punting, or kicking again. Oh, it'd be much better. It'd yes. be much better. Because you'd get once, maybe twice a game, here comes the damn goalie <laughs> like skating across center ice. <laughs> Feed me the puck. Let's go. It'd be phenomenal. All right. Trips we need a, and falls and just slides. Yes. We need a new sharp. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Your chance to make a pick, any pick from the world of sports today. Go on a streak. Nobody's doing this very well. 702-364-1100. Come prove to us that you're smart, that you're good at picking. 702-364-1100. The puck has dropped. It's the inaugural season for your Henderson Silver Knights, and you can catch all of the action on 1230 The Game. Brought to you by the Ruiz Law Firm. If you're in an accident, visit lmruizlaw.com. Consultations are free. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. Matt had taken the Giants. They lost to the Pirates on Friday. So, our new sharp is Fred. Fred, what pick would you like to make for today? Today's pick, Tyler. Uh, let's see, the Dodgers are playing the Diamondbacks, correct? Yes, they are. <laughs> okay, so uh, Seager's injured. I think I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Fred. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect pick, Fred. I am very excited about this. Awesome. Fifty-year-old uh, Bumgarner against young Walker Bueller. Oh, Bum! Oh, you guys might not get a hit. Ooh. Thanks, Fred. You got you got a win coming tomorrow. Kershaw's pinch hitting in the sixth. Get a hit <laughs> off that bum. <laughs> Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. That's Bumgarner it? against right, Bueller. Guys. Yeah. Man. You were going to be mad no matter Thanks, what. If he picked the Dodgers, you were going to yes, be mad. Yes, if he picked the Dodgers, I'd if be like, picked, have you seen the lineup, Freddie? If he picked the Diamondbacks, you were going to be mad. Yeah. As soon and as the word Dodgers how he came set out it up to, uh, Dodgers play the Diamondbacks, right? Like, okay, Fred. <laughs> you knew who exactly who they played. You, you had four minutes oh, to figure it out. You were on hold for four minutes. You knew exactly who the Dodgers played. Spectacular performance by Fred. <laughs> even if he loses, he's getting a mulligan. Yeah, he's coming back. Fred, you're coming back tomorrow he's no matter what. Back, even if he loses. And then tomorrow, well, I'll do it again. That the Diamondbacks great. over the Dodgers. That was great. This is like when Jared picked the, the three The three-team parlay for the Dodgers. I lose all three. by two runs. Yes. You did? Three straight losses by the Dodgers and almost got it. Uh, oh, phenomenal. All right, Diamondbacks. Wait, is Pools? Uh, they announced it today. I, yeah, I assume he's available tonight. They announced it today. Oh, so he's available. The, is he in the lineup? Give Muncie a day off? No. Oh, come on. Well, the good news, Albert, we Bumgar- want you at third. Bumgarner, he, uh, I don't know. What, does, he, does he have good numbers against Bumgarner or something ridiculous like that? That's why he was mad. He got could move Muncie over to second. He got, that might happen. He got benched for a game. What was it? 
uh, Yarbrough for Tampa Bay. He's like, well, I've hit like 300 yeah. in my career against him. you got to put me in. I don't know who's playing, but I know Bellinger isn't. So. <laughs> Still taking a jog around the track down there at the AAA park. Um, well, Ed is mad at uh, Cody Bellinger <laughs> for some strange reason. <laughs> With the uh, fracture in his leg. Yeah, he's only got a fractured <laughs> bone. Yeah, but we're mad at him anyways. Uh this is kind of, this is like a sad story. This is one of the saddest stories I've read yeah. in a long time. So there's an undrafted defensive back out of Austin P, Jontarius Bryant. And he was pranked into thinking he had a tryout with the Falcons. And when I say pranked, it's not just like, oh, one of his friends somehow convinced him, hey, the Falcons are interested in you. Someone with an Atlanta area code phone number was texting John Terrius Bryant pretending to be Atlanta's defensive backs coach, the Falcons defensive backs coach and told him, Hey, you know, we, you're coming down to rookie mini camp. You, we've got a tryout for you. You got a, You got a chance to make the roster come down to rookie mini camp. And John Terrius Bryant drove to Atlanta drives to the Falcons practice facility. And the Falcons turned him away because the Falcons didn't know who he was because the Falcons did not invite him to rookie minicamp. Somebody was playing a prank on him, and he literally was turned away at the door by the Falcons for rookie minicamp because he got pranked by somebody saying, hey, yeah, you come down to minicamp, and he thought it was the Falcons' defensive backs coach. That's a horrible story. I do have to, I ask, I don't know if uh, Gentarius Bryant was on anyone's boards. I have no idea about his draft status or suck, but let's say he was. Kind of crazy, maybe, question on it. Wouldn't he have had an agent? Yeah, I mean, I mean maybe. Most, yeah. even guys who don't get drafted. Again, I don't know where this guy was. I don't even know if he was on anyone's radar at all. But even those guys tend to have agents. Like, just for UFAs or, not UFAs, um, undrafted, uh, yeah, undrafted free agents. Uh, those guys usually have someone working with them to try to get them on at teams. A, like Somebody. A, a coach from yeah, the college. Yeah, that's, it's just, or... If he gets these, would he have not told somebody? Like, it's a horrible story. It's just, there's a couple questions that I was a little concerned about. Like, he wouldn't have an age, or like Jared said, hey, coach at Austin P. Hey, head coach, I'm going to the Falcons. Wouldn't he have said, really? I mean, I don't know. It's it's a horrible story. I, don't, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. If I'm the coach at Austin P. and one well, of my players aren't says, Aren't I hey, calling? Well, I mean, the player um, says, hey, the D. the defensive backs coach from the Falcons hit me up and invited me. I don't yeah. I don't know that I would second guess it. I That's mean, the, terrible, man. Yeah, I don't know that I would second guess if I was his family. I don't know that I'd second guess. Yeah, no, he'd be so excited. Yeah. No, he'd be really excited. If I'm the Raiders, I'm calling him. Well, the problem is, is you can only have so many players at rookie right. minicamp, which ah. I think is is it sounds bad right. that the Falcons turned him away rather than saying who no, are but you? That's, yeah, come on in and no, try yeah. out. But you can only have so many players, right. and they invite so many players, they don't have a spot. And the Raiders, like a lot of teams, might not have a spot. It's an easy one to say, hey, get that guy in here, but. If you don't have a spot, you don't have a spot.